Hey y'all and welcome back to the Hey Big Hair podcast. As you know, I am your host and before I get started, there is no music courtesy of Apple Music currently because I am outside, okay? It is nice, it is warm, it is summer. So um, right now I'm potting from the outside world. So forgive me for not going with the natural flow of things. But it's been a while since I made a pod, so I just want to thank you guys first and foremost for hanging in there with me. Um, Let's get into it. Now, um, I heard about a lady that sued a man due to a bad date. Now, I know that that sounds crazy, and funny enough, I don't believe I've ever had a bad date. Like, when I think of a bad date, I think of a person that you've never met or you're going out with for the first time and you know you have plans on getting to know each other so on and so forth so with that again I don't believe I can truly say that I've had a bad date um you know some people you just don't click with some you're not that interested in you know you know how it goes casualty of dating but anyway it said that she was trying to sue someone for a bad date to the tune of ten thousand dollars now I'm like, I need to know more about this. (laughs) So, of course, you know, I'm clicking into all of the links. You know, I see. And, of course, she was from Michigan. She wasn't from Detroit. She was from Flint. But that's neither here nor there. Um, What I found most interesting, I found two things interesting. One was the outcome of it. I don't even know how that made it into a courtroom. How did you manage to get in front of someone to discuss this and then when I saw the exchange between her and it looks like either the magistrate or the mediator or the referee or I don't know if it was a full-on judge just because it seemed like a preliminary type of thing from what I saw I don't know it could have been a judge if it was a judge no disrespect anywho So she's in front of this judge and how this managed to get in front of a judge or into any type of a court proceeding or setting is she was suing this man sounded like she cited perjury as the reason for suing him to the tune of $10,000 for a bad date. Now, the reason I'm coming to this conclusion is based off of the clips that um, I was able to see the man, um, the judge, the magistrate or, you know, whatever the man was. He was trying to explain to her what perjury is. And she was so upset and agitated and loud, let's just say it, that she was not receiving what the man was saying. He said, well, do you know what perjury is? And she just went off. Don't insult my intelligence. I know what perjury is. She went off. But she didn't know what perjury was. See, this woman thought that perjury was just someone not telling the truth. When in all actuality, perjury is someone lying after taking an oath in a court of law. Um, So she had it confused. Not every lie is perjury or fits the bill or meets the criteria to be considered perjury so I was curious I'm just gonna be a hundred percent honest with you I was curious as to how this got in front of a judge but it was basically 
her misunderstanding what perjury was because I'm like, if people get to sue for bad dates, mm, these courtrooms are going to be very busy, but that's not the case. So that's what drew my attention to it because I'm like, wait a second, what? Like, how do you sue someone for that? Like, you can do that. Like, and I'm not even a person who's experienced bad dates to the point where I would want more information on how to sue someone for a bad date. But I was just so shocked that it was a case about someone being sued for a bad date. But all in all, she pretty much just misunderstood what perjury was. She just thought it was being dishonest when in fact, perjury is not being dishonest. Perjury is an actual crime that is considered a crime because you lie in a court of law. And of course that has repercussions because when you are in a court of law, people's freedom hang in the balance, you know? So this is why it's taken more seriously in a court of law than I would assume it is on a date. And just between us, you know, I think that when the judge or, you know, referee heard the case and the way she spoke to the referee, um, that he understood why she was stood up. I'm not condoning anything. He was very respectful. He did not seem as if he was being condescending to her. Just from what I heard, it was someone trying to explain to her, but she was so adamant and she was so upset that she just refused to hear anything that he was saying. Like she did a lot of yelling. It was very hard to listen to that um you know that clip or that video so um yeah i thought that we were at a turning point here in the world where people were gonna start being able to actually sue for bad dates i was thinking about all of the sugar daddies that were gonna come forward because they didn't get any sugar you know what i'm saying i'm thinking about all of the dudes that you know women date for dinner and they not getting any action from the women, so they might want to turn around and sue. I'm thinking about all of the women who's going out here taking these men on dates and they not getting claimed after six, seven months, a year, two years. I'm thinking all of them are about to start suing. So I'm thinking that even if, even if this would have been the first case where there was an actual successful case for suing after a bad date, that would set precedent. No matter how ridiculous it is, that would allow for people to reference that if they tried to do it again. People validate and um, make cases relevant based on what people were able to successfully sue for or seek justice for previously. So I truly thought like, it sounds ridiculous, but if it works, it's not going to be any stopping these people from coming forward. Everybody's going to want to tell their story. But she pretty much just confused perjury from just a dude flat out lying. I don't know what it is he lied about. But once they heard that it wasn't actual perjury, they kind of dismissed her. I mean, it was difficult to dismiss her because, again, she was very upset. She was very adamant. She was very loud. So they were trying to explain, like, no, that's not per do you know what perjury is if you don't know we will explain it to you and she just felt insulted by them asking her that so it just turned into a screaming match i didn't want to sit in and watch it any longer so i kind of just kept it moving but 
I was tuned in because uh, I was wondering where this was going. I was definitely interested in where it was going. Now, I, you know, shout out to the Shade Room. You know that they always keep you up to date on the most current craziness. Um, You know, they have other things too, but let's be honest. We go to the Shade Room for the crazy that we don't have time to follow ourselves. So... It's some lady named Kimberell. Everyone is like attacking her. All I knew was that she looked like a gospel singer. I don't know who Kimberell is. I don't know what Kimberell did. I don't know what Kimberell does like for a living. Like I don't know Kimberell at all. But I see her on this apology tour and I'm just like, what the hell did this lady do? She looks like someone's aunt. Like she's, you know, a woman of a certain age, you know, I, again, I thought she was someone in the gospel community. I couldn't really tell what she did. I didn't recognize her name, you know, as far as credits are concerned. Like, I know who Yolanda Adams is. I know who Donnie McClurkin is. Like, I know a few people, T.D. Jakes, you know, Kirk Franklin. Of course, these are the people that are very well known, so forgive me. But yeah, so I'm like, who in the hell is this Kimberelli? So I saw a clip and... I don't know why people are up in arms. Like, I feel like she was being very lighthearted. I feel like maybe this is the type of energy that she's trying to bring to the church. From the video that I seen, it looked like she was at or standing on a pulpit. So she was preaching or giving some sort of a sermon. Um, but it was mainly a lot of jokes. Like she just mentioned, you know, people who have bills turned on in their little cousin's name. And she said some things about a PPP loan. And, you know, she even went as far as to say, you know, she wanted to pray some other pastor or preacher for being a beacon of honesty that a lot of people can't handle. And, you know, she said something about people being ugly. Like she was joking. I get that, but I wouldn't have taken offense to it. And then I sat and thought about it for a second. This is a woman of the church. Not only is this a woman of the church, this is a woman who looks like she profits from the church, pushing the good word of God in some way or another. So I don't know if that's by singing. I don't know if she produces something. I don't know if she's a televangelist. I truly don't know who the hell Kimberell is. So for me to know that she's a woman of the church and you're getting up there and you're saying things that are, you know, geared toward people who are disadvantaged, geared toward people who are living in a level of poverty. So it seemed to me that she was joking, but the subject of her jokes were the very people that you know, you want to appeal to, to come in here and pray for that better life, to pray for that person to love, to pray for all of these things. These are the same people that you want to come into your church and seek guidance and counsel from you and also put money into your collection plate. So I can see how certain people would be offended. And as a woman of the church, not saying that you should be perfect, but you should know how judgmental churchgoers are. You are actually from the church. I'm not even from the church and I know better. I know how judgmental church people are. I know that they think that what they believe, you should also believe. So for her to be a woman of the church and for her to go out there and make those comments, again, me as a non-churchgoer, I'm not so much as offended 
as people who follow her word. That's just like when, you know, rappers or singers or anyone kind of shits on a certain demographic of people, whether it be the colorism thing that goes on in music. You know, a lot of people accuse Chris Brown of that, of colorism, of saying, you know, certain girls were too dark and, you know, all sorts of things. The baby was another one that was accused of colorism. So it's a lot of things that um, people do, but they do it to their very supporters. And that's weird. And I see where the backlash will come from. Now, on top of the backlash from your actual supporters, please understand and always believe that you will also get backlash from people who don't even know who the fuck you are. You will also get backlash from people who are not your fans, who are not your supporters, who are not your followers, who are simply trolls. You could be feeding puppies treats out of the palm of your hands and you're going to have some trolls that find something wrong with it. So when you are someone who is at a certain level, you definitely have to watch what you say. It's sad, but it's true. That's one of the prices that you pretty much have to pay for the life that you have. It's like, okay, you, you can't be a regular person and have this life. You can't be a regular person and talk to people like you're a regular person when in fact you're not, especially if you don't want to go back to being a regular person, meaning you don't want to go back to broke. So I get why people who would have typically supported her, her message, people who probably were already supporting her, her message, her work, whatever it is that she does, I can see how they would take offense to that. That's like, again, the rappers, the singers who turn around and, you know, look down on poor people when they were once poor people, but you want these poor people to buy your albums and support your concerts and, you know, buy your shirts or whatever merchandise you're selling. Everyone you know, wants to rise up and profit off of poor people and market to poor people, you know, whether it's, oh, you're going to look good in this. So, you know, you won't look poor or, hey, you can just pray for a better life. God always finds a way. So you come in here to hear me tell you that, but I'm not asking God for a better way. I'm asking you to put money in this collection plate so I can have the life that I want, but I'm telling you to ask God. So that's my whole little two cents about the church um, and about this woman's comments. Again, I didn't find it offensive, but I can see how people who support churches would look at it sideways. Now, again, some people in the churches are messy, so these are not uncommon things, but I think that church is like any other group or collective of people. It's like we say these things, but we don't want people to know that we say these things. We make these types of comments and, you know, these shady remarks, but, you know, that's supposed to be between us. That's supposed to be an insider thing. People are not supposed to think or know that us holier than thou type of people are out here really saying these you know, nasty and, you know, inconsiderate things about people who have less than we have. So I think that that turned a lot of people off because I don't think that it doesn't exist, but I also feel like they don't want that to be the image that um, is given off about people in the church. But let's be for real. We all know, like we have elders in our family. We grew up in the church, a lot of us before, you know, we were able to make our own decisions. Um, But, you know, church people are the are the originators they are the pioneers of the side eye okay 
They are looking you up and down. They are telling your business. They know your story. They, mm -mm, what does she have on? Whispering, you know, and you know they get together after that and congregate and key key about every single thing. So I'm not so much surprised, but I do feel like in this day and age, everyone is super sensitive. Everything that you say will have some level of a consequence. Everything that you do, people will be able to pick apart. And again, for a lot of people who are famous, for a lot of people who are rich, that is one of the things that you have to give away when you get to a certain level. If you don't want to go back to the level that you were once on, you have to give up some things. You can't keep your old life, your old privileges and have these new privileges. You can't do that. Now, the only people who can do that are certain people who may be street certified, but that's about it. Those comments you made, those jokes you made, once you become a rich person, all of that is very frowned upon. You can be canceled. You can be forgotten. You can lose support. You see what happened to Derek Jackson? Every man on the face of this earth cheats. Men tell us all men cheat. Cheat, cheat, cheat. Fat men put the eat in cheat. Everybody cheats. But, but... When you want to become a millionaire, talking about, oh, you women deserve better, fix your crown queens and, you know, single mothers this, he was pandering. Now, some things I agree with, just like some things a lot of people say I agree with, no matter if I'm a fan, a follower, or what. But what happened when he cheated? He's human too, but he wasn't extended that grace because he was at a certain level. He lost a lot of supporters a lot of followers, a lot of people buying into his bullshit and buying his books. So that's what happens. That's what happens when you get to a certain level. It's just shit that you have to give up. If you don't want to give it to me, give it to me. I got a few things I'll give up. You know what? No, I don't. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get this money that you don't want or that you want to give up because you want to go back here and be on some dumb shit. I'm going to take it. I'm going to invest it wisely and I'm going to still say what the fuck I want to say. But a lot of people, they enjoy the fame. They enjoy the pandemonium. You know, they enjoy people chasing them and people wanting to take pictures with them. They enjoy that attention. I don't need the attention. Just give me the money. So um, aside from that, Kimberrell, I didn't know what she was going out here um, apologizing for. But once I saw it, I was like, really like I, okay i got it whatever so chloe kardashian you know she's having another baby via surrogate you know how rich people do i'm not about to sit here and keep pushing these kids out even though i only have one um she i did hear um previously that she had some complications with pregnancy so it could be medical reasons i don't want to automatically revert to you know it being for shallow purposes but neither here nor there she's expecting a baby via surrogacy with none other than tristan thompson the fucking future hendrix of the nba like i don't even know what team this man plays for i don't know what team he used to play for. i don't even know if he still plays i swear i'm not being funny i'm not being shady i don't know what tristan thompson does I really don't know. I don't know if he's a center. I don't know if he's a point guard. I don't know if he's a forward. I don't know what the fuck he does or what team he does it on. So I don't know if it's just that he's not that good at basketball, but I'm just, I don't understand the fascination that she has with this man. Like he is embarrassing. And I get that it's your child's father. I get all of that. Of course, you can't just be rid of him. 
Lord knows if you could be rid of men that you have kids with, there will be a lot of us in happier places. Believe me, I know at least one person. But um, I just expect more. And you know what? That's my own fault. That is my own fault. Because I'm expecting more based off of a normal person's standard. And I shouldn't because we're looking at a Kardashian. And I don't mean to say it in that way, but they're famous for the people that they date. So as long as there's drama, there's relevance. So I can't then say, oh, well, you know, she shouldn't take that. Why not? As long as he's doing something that I don't like, as long as he's doing something to hurt me, as long as he's doing something to embarrass me, you guys are talking about me. And even bad publicity is publicity, okay? It's still, you know what I'm saying? It's still your name being mentioned. You're still a subject on my podcast just because you've had seven different bodies and Tristan Thompson cheating on all of them. Like, it's just weird, but I get that it's it's bigger than just, you know, what people think as a whole. I feel like it's it's about what's lucrative and drama is lucrative like even watching reality tv i understand that it's going to be some drama we even look forward to seeing fights i don't know why people act like oh this is so embarrassing i don't know why people watch it who watches a show who watches a movie who watches a video where nothing happens who does that Who watches anything where nothing happens? Who wants to turn on the TV? And every day, what they see is someone sitting across from one another and eating food. Sitting across from one another and having a conversation. Going to work, coming home, rearing children, getting up, going to work, coming home, rearing children. You know, the shit that we do. Can we acknowledge, at least acknowledge that our lives are not that entertaining? So we wouldn't want to watch something that is just so regular, basic, and normal. So this is why you need that drama. You need the cheating boyfriend. You need the fake friend. You need the person that's around that's a liar. If in fact you want people to keep tuning in. Honesty, togetherness, unity, all of that, that's that's great for the real world. But for the entertainment world, it's boring. Who's going to stay up long enough to even see how that ends? So I get what's going on. It's just sad because these are actual people. These people have actual children and then what? But those are rich people problems. So I don't have time for rich people problems. But what I do need to tell you guys right now is that I might be losing my damn mind. You know... It's certain times where you think of a situation that you know exactly, exactly what you would do. You know, it's times that you know what, like, as soon as you hear the situation, you're like, oh, I would have. And you know, you're certain, you know how that would have turned out. Um, For instance, for example, the um, Sesame Place shit where you have the the puppets or the people behind the puppets going around waving and 
being all friendly to the small white kids, but when they see small black kids, they look over them, they pass over them, they don't wave to them, they don't shake their hands, they don't give them hugs. And I'm gonna be for real. I would have acted a damn fool. And it's it's messed up for me to say that. The reason I feel like it's messed up for me to say that is because I know that it's kids around. I know that, you know, the last thing you want to be is the mom or the dad that's beating the crap out of, you know, Dora the Explorer, whatever, whoever the, the character is. But in this case, it was Rosita from one of the Muppets. It's not even a famous Muppet. It ain't like it was Elmo. Like, you need to humble yourself. You're not even a real Muppet, fam. But that's neither here nor there. You don't want to be the parent out here beating the crap out of Rosita, Elmo, Burton, Ernie, you know, Big Bird, none of the people from Sesame. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to beat up any other people from Sesame Street. But if my kid is excited to be here, I don't pay money for my kid to be here, and I see you pass over my kid, about 10% of me is going to be like, you know what? And when when, when I say this, I want y'all to see that Kermit the Frog meme or the ghost meme where basically you put on that black hoodie and it's telling you, nah, fuck that. So 10% of me would have been like, you know, I, maybe they just didn't see my baby. Like, that's 10%. The 90% is going to be the black hoodie. Like, nah, fuck that. They saw your kid just like they saw these other white kids in here. Tear this whole fucking place up. So that's what I'm saying. You know, you don't want to be that parent. You don't want to... But you're going to have to, you have to, because I'm not letting that slide. You saw the look on those little girls' faces, the look of disappointment. Like it was just bad. It was hard to watch. And these are people who are actual people in the world that we live in playing freaking characters that's supposed to be nice to kids. Like, it's a lot of hard jobs in this world. A lot of hard jobs. I work in one of the hardest jobs and one of the hardest fields there is. I deal with customers. I deal with people. People who want something for nothing. People who don't want to hear what you have to say. People who don't give a damn about how your day went. People who always come to you when they have a problem. It's a hard job to do. But it's a job that I do. So for me to be able to take on a job as difficult as a different situation, a different attitude, a different person, a different level of entitlement, every single time I interact with a person, these are adults that throw fits and tantrums like children. I have to accommodate adults who behave this way. And guess what? It is my job that I apply for. So I actually fucking do it. Meanwhile, you have people who get in the costume of Muppets from Sesame Streets or puppets from Sesame Place, wherever the fuck these things are from, and you pass over kids because they are black. Nobody wants to see that and really think or believe that you pass over their kid because they are black. Now I feel a way about even having to address this because now I feel like every time it's a black kid at Sesame Place, you're going to have the people in there laying it on extra thick and it's not even going to be sincere. So 
this across the board is just pissing me off because nothing behind this is even going to seem genuine. Nothing behind this is going to seem like it's real. It's going to seem like, oh, we don't want people to complain that we're not giving enough attention to the black kids. So let's give attention to the black kids. That's how I feel like it's going to be. So I don't like the fact that we even have to complain just to get acknowledgement over something that shouldn't be happening. If you're a fucking racist, go work in a warehouse somewhere. Go work somewhere where you don't have to worry about what color a person is, if it's going to impact how you do your job. Get a job away from people. How about that? So again, I feel like I'm losing my mind because the person in me would have torn some shit up. I definitely would have. But then, then, what do you see? You see a full-on brawl taking place. We're Disney World. And and now you got to look at it and say, I didn't know they shouldn't have been acting like that around all those kids. Whatever happened, it wasn't that serious. It had to be a full-on brawl. So it's just like, I don't know. Because I do feel like if you have kids around... You are supposed to be that example and you're supposed to be concerned about your children's safety. So if you're getting into a brawl and, you know, all of this is going on and you have other people there with you, I'm certain they're going to help. Where are your kids? Are they being attacked too? Is someone, are they trying to help you? Are they trying to defend you? Are they putting themselves in harm's way because they don't want you to get hurt? Those are things that run through your mind when you have to act a fool in front of your children that this is why a lot of people don't this is why a lot of those parents just took out their cameras wanted to see their kids happy and see the smiles on their kids faces and that's what they caught you know this is not an interaction with the police where you know that it's likely to be some bullshit or it's likely to be someone that's abusing their authority these are kids anytime your kid is experiencing something i don't care if it's just coming down the slide at the park as a parent you're going to pop that phone out. You're going to capture that moment. So while they were trying to capture their children's moments, this is what they saw. And then as a collective, different people had the same outcome. Like, wow, you know, they come through here, they, they wave. How much effort does it take for you to look in somebody's direction and wave? I get if you can't stop and give everybody a hug. I totally get it. I get if you can't stop to shake everyone's hand. Totally get it. But you're a freaking Muppet or puppet. How much effort does it take to keep moving your hand and tilt your head upwards and downward so that you are acknowledging everyone? How hard is that? Like, it's ridiculous. But again, I'm feeling like I'm crazy because I would have tore Sesame Place up. You would have did my baby like that and my baby would have been sad you would have heard some cussing. You would have seen some stuff getting thrown. I'm just being honest because that's something that kids should not have to experience. But the sad thing is, is people who are racist don't see our kids as kids. As much problem as I have with how people treat us outside of our own community, I always look at a child and see a child. No matter how many schools people grow up to shoot up, how many places people grow up to bomb, how many, I don't care about how many crimes were committed by people 
of a certain community. I still see a small child and see a small child. I don't look at that small child and see them as less than. I don't see them as bad. I don't see them as any. I see an actual child. No matter what realities we have to deal with, no matter what that child may grow into, I still see a child. And that's the problem. So again, I'm feeling crazy because Sesame Place, I would have acted a goddamn fool. But then I see the fight at Disneyland and I'm like, was it really that deep? So yeah, I don't care. I know it don't make sense, but that's just too bad. Now I know that sometimes it does have to come to blows, but sometimes you do have to think. Um, But it's really difficult when you see your children hurt. It's really difficult. So I think that that's the deciding factor. Boom, we cracked the code. That's the deciding factor. If you upset me, I'm not going to ruin my kid's day because you upset me. But if you upset my kid, oh, everybody's day fucked up. So, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much how it's going to go. Like, I can let a few things slide. I'm not going to ruin everything for everybody. But if we're all here to have a good time for our kids and with our kids and you do something to me, of course it can slide. It's not about me. But if you mess it up for my kid, I'm messing it up for everybody. Nobody's having a good time. So yeah, yep, that's that's my rationale. I don't know if that's what happened at Disneyland or what, but uh, yeah, that's where I'm going with it. So I thank you guys once again for listening. I'm still outside. It is a nice night. I'm just out here under the stars, looking around, taking in the silence and a few sounds of crickets and seeing some lightning bugs fly around. But um, yeah. I thank you guys so much for coming back, listening, and um, make sure if you don't already, you follow the Hey Big Hair podcast on IG. No spaces, no underscores, no nothing, just Hey Big Hair podcast on Instagram. Please shoot me some messages. Tell me what you think. Tell me if there's something that you have a question about, um, something that you need advice on, something that you think I should discuss, something that you may want to discuss with me. I'm open to all suggestions. And right now, I'm about to call it a night. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm looking forward to the next pod. Until next time, be safe, be well, live your best life, enjoy the summer. I will get back with you guys later.